the holidays are upon us, family, food, there's just no better time in the year to eat those pies and blow all concerns about our calorie intake into the wind. Because, of course, it's a time to celebrate and for once not worry. But there is an underlying issue that the holidays can mask, which is just how much we all, to some degree, are addicted to sugar. Not because anything is wrong with us, but simply because sugar is addictive. Hooked on sweet, beating sugar addiction now. That's our topic here today in this hour of an organic conversation. Your show on everything that makes life worth living. I'm Helge Helberg. The average American consumes about 150 pounds of refined sugar a year. 150 pounds of refined sugar. That's almost half a pound of refined sugar each day. I know many of us in this moment will say, well, that's not me, but statistically, that would mean that someone else is eating your share. Whatever exactly our sugar intake may be, we all love sugar. And refined sugar is in everything, not just in sugary drinks, but even in our cut meats, in our bread, in most everything else. It's there for two reasons. It makes things taste better and it gets us hooked because sugar is addictive. Today we're talking with an expert on sugar, a doctor who has made unhooking us from sugar his life's career. Hooked on Sweet, Beating Sugar Addiction Now. That's our focus in this hour of an organic conversation. All that and more is coming up in just a minute. I'm Helge Helberg, and this show is brought to you by Equal Exchange, a worker-owned cooperative that ensures your food is environmentally sound and socially just. Equal Exchange has been creating big change for small farmers for over 30 years by offering certified organic and fair trade coffee, tea, chocolate, bananas, and avocados. More on Equal Exchange at equalexchange.coop. That's equalexchange.coop. And by Utterly, offering beautiful and fun clothing for boys and girls that is made entirely from the unused fabric of prominent apparel manufacturers. Each garment reduces our eco-footprint by preventing this fabric from reaching the waste stream. Utterly making sustainability fashionable and fashion sustainable. For more information, utterly.co. That's U-T-T-E-R-L-Y dot C-O. And thank you also to Earl's Organic Produce, a national distributor of organic fruits and vegetables that has been sourcing solely organic produce for over 20 years. From grocery store to company cafeteria to caterers and personal chefs, anyone can buy from Earl's Organic. Certified Organic Produce at earlsorganic.com. Hooked on Sweet, Beating Sugar Addiction Now. That's our focus in this hour of an organic conversation. I'm Helge Helberg. All that and more is coming up in just a minute. Stay tuned.
And we are back here to an organic conversation. I'm Helge Helberg. Hooked on sweet, beating sugar addiction now. We will learn how to unhook from sugar in this hour of an organic conversation. We're talking with an expert on sugar, a doctor who has made unhooking us from sugar his life's career. And on the phone with me now from the big island of Hawaii is Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum, author, internist, and the director of the Practitioners Alliance Network. His website is vitality101.com. Um, Dr. Teitelbaum, do we have you on the line? Absolutely. It's great to be with you today. Aloha, everybody. Yeah, aloha. Thank you so much for making time. Uh, the, the topic of sugar, sugar addiction, and how to unhook ourselves from that is true for the entire year, but we thought it was uh, very timely to have this show right before the holidays when most of us throw caution into the wind. And you are also the perfect guest for that because it's not about demonizing sugar in that sense, even though we'll talk about the health consequences um, in, in just a few minutes, but you're holding sugar in a very specific regard. Can you, can you talk about that? Absolutely. Right now, the media seems so focused on making people neurotic and afraid of everything. It's like, how do we scare you today to get your attention? And that's toxic. What I recommend, you know, things are here to enjoy. If you live a perfectly healthy life, giving up everything you enjoy and live to be 120, I mean, why bother? You, know, it's, you want to keep your pleasures. Pleasure is good. But we're going to teach you today how to enjoy your sweet tooth in a way that's healthy. Because, for example, chocolate. Chocolate is a health food. It really is. I mean, the health benefits, you look at, for example, the prevention of heart disease, eating a small square of chocolate each day is associated with anywhere from a 10 to 20 times more uh, benefit in terms of preventing heart attack deaths than taking cholesterol medications. Yeah. So <laughs> sweet tooth is good, but if you eat too much, you're going to land up limping out and increase the risk of diabetes. So you want to do it in moderation and get the best tasting stuff you can. Well, we have about 3 million listeners in 135 countries, and I think you just got 3 million new fans saying <laughs> that. Because really, it is hard. We, we, we love certain foods. Sugar is in many products, chocolate is being one of them, not just for the health benefits of chocolate, but it is part of life. To say you should really live a sugar-free life is nearly impossible and actually not even really desirable, right? That's what I'm hearing. Exactly. And there are some people who have to avoid it all because they get into addictive issues and it's kind of an all or nothing thing for them. But I'll enjoy my sweets. Like say, I'll have, if I'm out with friends and we have, you know, a chocolate uh, decadent uh, dessert to die for on the menu, instead of getting, you know, the massive mud pie, I'm going to get, you know, one dessert and we'll share it with the four of us because, you know, the most of the pleasure comes in the first two bites and most of the problems come with the whole rest of it with bite and three yes <laughs> so you want to have this little bits and savor it with no guilt great well i want to frame your expertise well and and honorably because you are one of the most frequently quoted integrative medical authorities in the world you have written uh, i don't know is this we're talking about your sixth book is that right well actually 10 at this point <laughs> oh, 10 sure from fatigue to fantastic pain-free one two three really well-known books uh, i studied holistic nutrition some 12 years ago 14 years ago and you have always been part of that world of people that we looked at to guide us in in the world of integrative medicine can you you have to dedicated your life to this to optimal health what makes this field such a passion of yours 
Well, I got into it the old-fashioned way. Um, I was in medical school, came down with a nasty viral syndrome that basically left me bed-bound, and I had to drop out of medical school. It turned out to be fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndrome. And I was homeless, sleeping in parks. I was paying my own way through med school, and I couldn't work anymore. And, you know, the park bench, it's as if the universe put a holistic homeless medical school sign on my park bench. Herbalists came by, naturopaths came by, uh, holistic doctors came by, energy workers came by, all these different folks. And I was able to learn the bits and pieces uh, that I needed to put together and get myself well, go back to med school, thrive. And I've spent the last 40 years uh, teaching people about effective treatment because here I had something crippling. And the professors, God bless them, they're sweet. They had no idea. And medicine in general has a very limited thing that, that it can help. But when you use all of the different tools in the toolkit, I'm starting to think that there's very little that can't be effectively treated these days. Yeah. Can you expand on the term integrative medicine? What are you actually applying? What do you look at when you look at a disease or as a person as a whole? Well, you want to look at, at uh, several key areas. You want to look at the domain of biochemistry. That includes nutrition, herbals, diet, even medications. You want to look at structural. That includes uh, things like massage, uh, chiropractic, uh, surgery, things along those lines. You want to look at the biophysics, which would be the energy medicine uh, component of it, which is major. There's as much there as there is in all the rest of it. Mm -hmm. And then you want to look at the mind-body issues. And I think the body is kind of a metaphor for what's going on in the psyche. So if, like I said, if you're getting well so you can live a life you hate, one, is not going to work, and two, why bother? So we're drawing from all of these different fields, and it's like an orchestra and a band. You want to know which instrument or instruments to combine in each person, in each condition, in each setting. Mm -hmm. and, and which instrument needs to be fine-tuned, maybe, a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yes, and we'll, yeah, go on. and we'll take a look at metabolic syndrome and diabetes, for those of you who have that issue or family history with it. And we'll teach you how to combine these approaches so that your sugar can come back down healthily, or you can avoid being the one in two Americans that's currently slated to get diabetes. It's unnecessary. You're listening to An Organic Conversation. I'm Helge Helberg. Hooked on Sweet, Beating Sugar Addiction now is our topic in this hour. And I'm speaking with Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum, author, internist, and the director of the Practitioners Alliance Network, who's joining me today from the Big Island in Hawaii, vitality101.com is his website. And you just gave the perfect lead-in. Your newest book is about beating the sugar addiction. And you just said that it is possible for a pre-diabetic to actually reverse those conditions. And there are a couple of, of documentaries or movies out there where people radically change their lifestyle. It seems that just 10, 15 years ago, being a diabetic, that was the diagnosis, and if you had it, that was for life. Are you saying actually through integrative medicine, there's lots you can do, maybe even reduce or reverse it? Or eliminate it, yes. And it used to be, it's good to have the context. If you go back 500 years ago, adult onset diabetes was very, very, very rare. It's an unusual process. And now we're looking to one out of two. So this means that it's a very fluid kind of thing. It's not something set in our genetics that we're stuck that we're struck with. And of course, a nice way to begin is with diet. You don't have to cut out all the sugar, 
But if you cut out the excess sugar, you cut out the, the sugar drinks like sodas and even fruit juices, uh, feel free to have all the fruit that you want. Uh, chocolate in moderation. Get the best tasting one that you can. And they even have sugar-free chocolates that are naturally sweetened that are delicious. Uh, you just have to look to find the right brand. That uh, Russell Stover is good. There's Abdullah Candies has a page of sugar-free chocolates that will make your toes curl. And there's a lot of really good things you can do. And then you want to increase the fiber in your diet, which, speaking to an organic audience, I'm preaching to the choir on that one. Yes. Uh, what, does, what does sugar addiction actually look like? What are the different forms? How would someone know that they are addicted to sugar? Well, like most addictions, by the time you're asking if I'm an addict, the answer is usually <laughs> yes. So what you want to look at is what's driving your sugar addiction. Because in the book, The Complete Guide to Beating Sugar Addiction, there are four main types of sugar addiction. I can give you one question that I identify each. And then it says, here's how you go ahead and get rid of that that you don't have the cravings anymore. So the first type would just be people who are tired. They're reaching for sugar as an energy loan shark. And I'll give some very easy things you can do. There's a vitamin powder, and you can get this at the endfatigue.com website. Um, and that it one drink replaces over 35 pills, and I add one scoop of ribose to that, which is actually a healthy sugar. Um, and in the studies, the ribose increases energy an average of 61%. So if you're tired, uh, the energy revitalization system vitamin powder and then one scoop of ribose, you'll find that that will be the best 30 seconds of the day in terms of increasing energy. It's nice to add water and stir it with a fork. Um, certainly, there's also an energy analysis program. It's a free quiz. You could do it at fatigue.com. That'll analyze the symptoms and even your blood test if you have the pertinent ones available and say, here's exactly what's causing your fatigue and how to optimize your energy. And we'll take it through the process. So if you're reaching for sugar when you're tired and using it as an energy loan shark, that's type one. Um, the second type are people who have these feed me now or I'll kill you episodes. You get irritable when hungry. Mm -hmm. And if you're not sure if you have that, ask your friends. I'll <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell you. And that's low adrenal. So there's a, a nice, simple herbal and um, nutritional mix called Adrenoplex. Um, and you'll find that you take that one each morning or two a day, and it'll smooth out right out, uh, especially if you're in marriage counseling, divorce court. A lot of that is from low blood sugar episodes. Mm -hmm. Some stress, stressful, more stressful life situations. Yes, with adrenal fatigue. Mm -hmm. The third type are people who have candida or yeast overgrowth. And the way you tell that is if you have nasal congestion, post-nasal drip, <clears throat> or you're clearing your throat a lot like that, um, or if you have irritable bowel syndrome, gas, bloating, diarrhea, constipation, Uh, you treat the candida overgrowth, good probiotic, um, can be very helpful for that. Uh, cutting back the sugar will help, and you'll find that your sugar cravings will go away. And I use one called colon and bowel probiotic. It's very good. Um, and you take the one a day or one every other day, and it'll help to reset things. And you'll see that the sinusitis and irritable bowel syndrome go away along with the sugar cravings. And then the fourth are people who are around the periods, or not periods, but around menopause, um, and they're starting to get anxious or depressed. Um, and for the anxiety, a very nice herb called Anxiocalm will really help settle the anxiety right down as effective or more effective than the Valium medications without side effects. So naturally, there's so much you can do. And when you treat the cause or causes of your sugar addiction, 
the sugar cravings go away. And then you can enjoy it because you enjoy it, not because you're an addict. Do you usually see in your patients that they have more than one form, or is it more common that there's one predominant form? And It depends how early in the process. Mm -hmm. Early in the process, it's one predominant form. But then what happens is that the sugar intake snowballs it. And by the time people have all four, they've usually triggered what's called fibromyalgia, where they have widespread pain or anxiety, or pain or achiness. They have fatigue and they can't sleep. When you see that can't sleep, even though you're wiped out or in pain, you've got the fibromyalgia. And our SHINE protocol has been shown uh, to help 91% of people with an average 90% increase in quality of life. So if you have the fibromyalgia, that's free energy analysis program uh, at endfatigue.com. We'll really tailor a program to help optimize energy because, uh, again, the fibromyalgia is an energy crisis. Um, and we do treat people also from all over the world, often by phone consultation. So these are very treatable illnesses. But, yes, one will tend to snowball into the other over time. I'm speaking with Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum, the author of The Complete Guide to Beating Sugar Addiction. Uh, the website is vitality101.com. In our hour on Hooked on Sweet, Beating Sugar Addiction now here on An Organic Conversation, I'm Helge Helberg. Dr. Teitelbaum, what is the impact on sugar on our health? It is a huge problem. It goes into many, many areas far beyond weight gain. Can you expand what sugar can do? Absolutely. And it's not, as you mentioned earlier, it's not any sugar. It's that the processors throw 140 pounds of sugar per person per year, 18% of our calories into our diet. So it's that overload. In the short term, people get fatigue, anxiety, depression, uh, mood shifts. In the long term, you'll see diabetes, heart disease, stroke, hypertension, increased risk of cancer, autoimmune diseases, and the list goes on and on. Amazing. Not to mention, of course, diabetes, which is the bigger. So, the do, bigger. You, do you know how much cancer uh, is part of that role? How much does sugar influence precancerous cells, or is that usually, from, from your ex expertise, a different angle? We don't have a number. Nobody's really done the studies with it. But what right. we see is that if people have a 12-ounce soda, it suppresses the immune system by 30% for over three to four hours. So we see marked effects mm -hmm. on immune suppression and immune overload. And because the immune system is constantly keeping an eye out to get rid of cancers before they get off the ground, that immune suppression is likely a major contributing factor. We don't know the exact amounts, though. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. And this was a perfect pre-interview because we're going to take a quick break, but we want to come back with the recommendations that you have to beat sugar addiction going through your new book, um, The Complete Guide to Beating Sugar Addiction, uh, right before the holidays, but really a problem throughout the year or a challenge. And, and we how want to make diabetes go away. <laughs> yes, incredible. All that and more when we come back right after the break. Please stay tuned. Again, this is an organic conversation. I'm Helge Helberg. Hooked on sweet, beating sugar addiction now, our topic. And our special guest is Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum, author, internist, and the director of the Practitioners Alliance Network, vitality101.com, the website. Stay tuned. We'll be back in just a minute. This show is brought to you by Bowman College, a leader in the field of holistic nutrition and culinary arts. 
become a nutrition consultant or a natural chef at one of their campuses, or learn from home in a self-paced mentored distance learning program. For more information on a degree in holistic nutrition or culinary arts, bowmancollege.org. And Fry Vineyards, America's first organic winery, family-owned and operated. Dedicated to the highest levels of organic and biodynamic farming, Fry never adds synthetic sulfites or other preservatives to their wines. Award-winning wines at frywine.com. That's F-R-E-Y-W-I-N-E dot com. We're back here to an organic conversation. I'm Helge Helberg. Our topic in this hour is how to get unhooked from sugar, hooked on sweet, beating sugar addiction now. That's our main focus, and our guest is no less Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum, author, internist, and director of the Practitioners Alliance Network, one of the most quoted integrative medical authorities in the world. And we're discussing his new book, which is the complete guide to beating sugar addiction. So we spoke about the consequences, the impact, the, the different forms of being addicted, what they might look like, how they might show up. Let's talk about your book. What are your recommendations to beat sugar addiction? What will people find in, in your new book? Well, the book will go through how to treat each of the four types of sugar addiction. But also, it'll talk about how to treat if you already have diabetes or have borderline diabetes or metabolic syndrome, which is when you have elevated cholesterol, high blood pressure, maybe a bit of a spare tire around the paunch, um, and either diabetes or prediabetes. So when we do that, we talk about how to go ahead and get rid of that. And if people have, a, uh, if you have diabetes or prediabetes or a friend with it or the high cholesterol, high blood pressure, you may want to write these things down. That's some very simple tools that Great. will be very, very helpful yes. for you. Thank you. Uh, number one would be the herbals. Uh, there's an amazing herb called Hintonia latiflora that has been shown um, to be very helpful. If you have uh, elevated blood sugars, if you take a look at the what's called the glycosylated hemoglobin, that's the main test that your doctor will measure. Most people are on 5.4. If you're over 7, they say it's diabetes. And on average, it dropped that test from 7.2 down to 6.4 on average, which is enough to take many people from being diabetic to non-diabetic. So the key is you don't need to treat the diabetes. You just want to go after things that optimize healthy blood sugar and put it back in balance. So the Sucontrel-D is what it's called, S-U-C-O-N-T. 
T-R-A-L-D, one twice a day. And it can have a dramatic effect on helping your blood sugar. Another thing would be magnesium, 200 to 300 milligrams a day. Um, I'll give that in the form of vitamin powder called the Energy Revitalization System. That's what I talked about for energy in general. I recommend everybody be on that. Um, I take that each morning myself. Um, it has, you'll see a 31% lower risk of metabolic syndrome in people who have a higher magnesium intake. The herb berberine, 300 to 500 milligrams three times a day, can also be quite effective and quite helpful. And in terms of the medications, the only medication that I use my on adult onset diabetes uh, people would be the metformin. I tease that that should be an honorary herbal because it's very safe, very effective. You just have to be sure you're taking some vitamin B12 with it. So you do those simple things, uh, the Sucontrol uh, D, the magnesium, and maybe even some berberine. Um, you'll find that it has a dramatic impact on helping to restore healthy blood sugar levels. Uh, meanwhile, cutting back the sugar, increasing fiber intake, uh, can be very, very helpful. Um, I like people to increase fermented foods too, which for those on an organic diet uh, really lends itself well because that helps restore the normal gut flora and does a very good effect with it. And then the next thing that's very, very important would be to optimize hormonal function with bioidentical hormones. So in men, um, a lot of the times when you see diabetes is because they, they're entering menopause where they have low testosterone levels even if the tests are normal. So you want to optimize the testosterone with bioidentical uh, testosterone, uh, which can be very safe and help, it will bring down cholesterol, help the high blood pressure, uh, also decrease anxiety, depression, things along those lines. Um, and women, too high of a testosterone will cause diabetes. So if you're getting facial hair growth, things like that, then that needs to be addressed. Also low thyroid, if you're tired, achy, weight gain, cold intolerant. These are symptoms of low thyroid, even if you have technically normal blood tests. The blood tests are insanely unreliable and miss the majority of people who need thyroid hormone. So again, I'll tend to use the natural uh, desiccated thyroid. Um, and optimizing thyroid uh, has been shown to have a dramatic effect on optimizing blood sugar. Uh, thyroid and blood sugar control play very strong interactive roles but the doctors miss this because what they're being taught about are the most expensive, profitable new medications, even though historically those have turned out to kill more people than they help. Uh, but the doctors don't hear about it until the patent on the medications run out. Sure, yes. With the holidays coming up, um, you just mentioned some fermented foods. What just Just in terms of food intake, what could people in general throughout the year, but especially now with the holidays, be looking out for or avoiding or eating in addition so that they're more full to not, not then go after the more sugary foods? Um, what kind of fermented foods and what's, what other tips do you have for food intake itself? Well, I kind of like kimchi. Living in, in Hawaii, we have a strong Japanese and uh, Asian influence also. And I find the kimchi, sauerkraut, um, those, all of those kind of things uh, to be very good. But basically, here's the thing. When people ask, what's the best diet for everyone? The answer is there is no one best diet for everyone. That's yes. why we have such a variety of food on the planet. So how do you tell? You tell by what feels best to you. And there, now you have to distinguish, is this a addictive craving? 
And you can tell by how you feel overall. If overall you're feeling pretty healthy and you're not diabetic, you don't have the problems, then your diet is working well for you. And eat what your body is asking for. But it's when you're feeling poorly that it's time to look at the diet more closely and make sure that it's a healthier kind of thing. But whole foods, whole grains, if you have to tolerate grains well, uh, a lot of people find they do better with a high-protein diet. But again, everybody's different. How does the food feel to you? What's your body asking for? This is how you tailor it to each individual. Great. As we are walking into kind of peer settings with family, with friends, um, are there some practical tips to maybe if you go to a party, eat before? Or how much does alcohol have to do with it? Uh, what, what, what are you suggesting behaviorally to your, to your patients to make it safely through the holidays? Well, I think Mark Twain put it well. He said moderation in all things. Including, including moderation. moderation. <laughs> <laughs> exactly so. So it's okay to give yourself a blowout once in a while and it's not to worry about it so much. What I recommend for the desserts, though, because during the holidays people do get a lot of sweets, um, go to the dessert tray or where they have the desserts, take small portions, walk away from the serving dish, and then savor it with no guilt. What happens is people stand by the serving dish, put a big clunk on their, on their plate, then they're so guilty while they're inhaling it down, they don't even taste it. No, they don't even taste it, so they take another big hunk, and it's just it's counterproductive. No guilt. Enjoy it. Savor it. Just with that small portion in hand, you can walk away from the serving dish easily. Um, you'll find that your psyche is quite okay with that. And always give yourself permission to get more, but just wait 15 minutes. But then... The signal from the stomach to the brain that it's full uh, gets there. And you'll find that if you want more, go ahead with it. Um, but beyond that, I wouldn't overly worry. It. The holidays are time for enjoying. So, you know, go more with the whole foods that are being served, maybe less of the white flowery stuff. Do the desserts in moderation. And alcohol, I think, is fine. You know, people who don't drink at all don't live as long as people who have a drink or two a day. So... It's one of those things that listen to your body. We always try to to help people year after year to make it best through the holidays. And there, you know, we have heard recommendations like load up on vegetables because that's never wrong, um, mm -hmm. and that makes you more or more full quicker. And you you automatically will eat anything else less or fewer quantities, and um, uh, or don't. Don't go hungry to any to any food event. You know, eat something before. Do you find that helpful, or is that is that really not that critical? It, it depends on the situation. If you mm -hmm. find that you get a lot of weight gain and sugar cravings, and you can't help yourself, then it's reasonable to go ahead and do that. But I think for most people, it's really okay to simply go and enjoy yourself. I just use some common sense, like you say, uh, fill your plate first with the veggies and the healthy things before you you reach for the other stuff. Save the desserts for the end during dessert. Have them in moderation. Just keep it simple. Enjoy yourself. Hooked on Sweet, Beating Sugar Addiction Now is our focus here on An Organic Conversation this week. Uh, my name is Helga Helberg, and I'm speaking with Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum, the author, internist, and director of the Practitioners Alliance Network. He is the author of The Complete Guide to Beating Sugar Addiction, Vitality101.com, the website. And he also is the author of several other books, including From Fatigued to Fantastic, Pain-Free 123 and seven other books. Um, 
Hildred, can I mention one other yeah, of resource course. that people find wonderful? Yes. There's a free iPhone and Android app. It's called Cures, C-U-R-E-S, mm-hmm. capital A, dash Z. It'll have health conditions from A to Z, and it'll tell you exactly, here's what's going on, short and sweet, and here are the natural things that can help your body to restore balance and health. Mm, love that. What's that What's that app again? Cures, A dash Z. Cures from A to Z. Perfect. I do want to ask, though, when we come to tips, to apps, to uh, all your amazing recommendations, uh, if somebody was worried about the holidays coming up and their discipline around things, uh, do you, as an integrative medical professional, recommend peer support, working with a friend or mentor or nutritionist? What What if things get tough? Listen to your, to your body. And again, if you feel... How does it feel to you? If it feels good to get the help of a nutritionist, do so. And just find one that is holistically trained. Most standard uh, nutritionists get their training from uh, Coke, Pepsi, Nestle, and the processed food companies. The organization that trains them is basically those are the main donors, so they control a lot of what they're taught. It's kind of scary when you look at it. Um, so go to a holistic nutritionist. Uh, and you'll find that they can be very helpful because a lot of people just try to restrict things, and then they get an unhealthy, uh, unbalanced, and deficient diet. But by going to a nutritionist who really is doing this themselves, they'll find, and you can find a number of them online, um, what you'll find is that you can eat healthfully and eat well uh, as opposed to, but you won't feel deprived as opposed to getting malnourished because you're just depriving yourself of this and that. Yeah, and the guilt the guilt never helps even in the in the healing process. Even if you then don't eat sugar, the guilt will often make you as sick, which is what you're saying and I I love that message truly. I think the uh, the guilt trip it doesn't really work and has never worked and doesn't it can't be sustained over time anyway. It's toxic. Yeah, being in charge and being in control and then choosing what more wisely is much more empowering of course and successful in the long run in that regard we're almost out of time but i do want to ask you in your i don't want to say it but you said it already 40 years of experience which is incredible an entire life dedicated to to the topic of health and holistic health what are some of the couple stories or one story that really stands out for you where somebody who was in a tough spot health-wise in front of your eyes has completely um, reformed their, their lives and improved their health. We, we see that all the time in people with fibromyalgia. People who are bedridden, as so many are with this disease, will routinely find that they get their lives back. They feel healthy, they feel well, and then they start to do the things that feel good to themselves instead of doing what made them sick in the first place, which is you know, what we call shooting on themselves. Their brain keeps saying, should do this, should do that, should do the other. And instead, what they learn to do is to check to see how things feel. Does it feel good to me? Because if it feels good, it's more likely to be authentic. Where if your brain is telling it, it's just a toxic programming that we received as a child. But people with fibromyalgia, it just, we see them going from crippled to healthy, and day in and day out. And it, it's just so much fun to treat that disease. How, what's the moment in which somebody decides from shooting on themselves to going to self-love and really checking in how that feels. What, what is needed to, to reach that point? Well, their body makes them so sick that they're not able to even take care of themselves. So uh, the body forces them till they have no choice. 
Mm-hmm. It's a matter of listening to what the body is saying. Because in fibromyalgia, it's not an outside invader enemy. It's when people kind of trip a circuit breaker to protect themselves from hurting themselves by spending more energy than they're able to, often because of infections or a host of other conditions. Um, but at the end of the day, they need to learn to say yes to things that feel good and no to things that feel bad and to ignore the brain when the brain keeps saying, well, you should do this, you should do the other. And they, they come to it often when they have no other choice because their body has laid them out in bed until they get the message and until they go ahead and do what they need to do physically to repair their system. Hmm. Sounds like in that case, a disease can be a blessing as well at the same time if because of that somebody gets their life back. When I had the illness, it really was a blessing. Of course, it was easier to see that at the other end when I was well. <laughs> yes, of course. And it was a blessing for us, too. That's Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum, who has dedicated his entire life to holistic health and to unhooking us, in this case, from sugar. He's also the author of The Complete Guide to Beating Sugar Addiction. And he joined us today from the big island of Hawaii. Happy holidays to you. Thank you again for making time. I'm sure this is a particularly busy time for you in your practice as people are looking maybe with some worry at the holidays. But again, I, I love your message of enjoy, enjoy in moderation, listen more than anything, listen to your body and uh, keep portions small. But when you do enjoy them fully mindfully, uh, if that, is that a good summary? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today. I look forward to having you back soon. You're welcome. Aloha, everybody. Aloha. Thank you, Dr. Teitelbaum. Take care. Again, Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum, vitality101.com, the website, the author of several books, 10 in total, From Fatigue to Fantastic, Pain-Free 1 to 3, Beat Sugar Addiction Now, Real Cause, Real Cure, Uh, the Fatigue and Fibromyalgia Solution, and this new book, The Complete Guide to Beating Sugar Addiction. Amazing. This is an organic conversation. I'm Helge Helberg. Our focus in this hour, Hooked on Sweet, Beating Sugar Addiction Now. And um, yes, one of the tools for the holidays is to load up your plate with vegetables, and that's what's coming up. Our consumer segment of what is in season, how to buy it, how to store it, and what to do with it. Uh, healthy organic produce, fruits and vegetables in just a minute. Stay tuned. This is an organic conversation. I'm Helge Helberg. What's coming up? Our consumer segment of what is in season, how to buy it, how to store it, and what to do with it. Uh, healthy organic produce, fruits and vegetables. The update from the produce dock in San Francisco. Here is what's in season.
And with me, as every week, is Earl Herrick, the voice of the San Francisco produce market, with an update of what's going on, how to pick it, how to store it, and what to do with it. Earl, do we have you on the line? Hello, Helga. Hello. Here we are. Cha. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What's happening in the produce world? I know there's no, I mean, you have seasons, but there's no real still stand. What's, what's happening yeah. on the dock? Yeah, it, it is a little quiet this time of year sure. because there's just less new items coming on. So I thought I, we'd talk about something that doesn't get, we, we, we don't touch base on a lot, and that's the mushroom category. Oh, nice. And so what I have today is to offer you Jackie, who has been our mushroom buyer for a number of years. She's been with me for over 10 years, and I felt she was really best suited to talk about this topic. So I'm going to hand her off to you right now, all right? Great. Thank you so much. Hang on, Hang on one second, Helga. Sure. Hello. Hi, Jackie. Hi, Helga. How's it going? Pretty good. <laughs> so you are the mushroom buyer for Earl's, among several other things, like cucumbers and tomatoes. Right. Let's talk about mushrooms. It's such an it it doesn't really belong into the produce understanding for most people, which is fruits and vegetables. But obviously, it's a plant, and uh, you have been dealing with that with organic mushrooms for for quite some time at Earl's, right? When did you guys add that? Um, actually, we've had mushrooms for quite a while. Uh, I started in Earl's in 2014, and so, uh, not sorry, 2004. And so we've had the mushroom category, I would say, probably at least for 20 years. Wow. So, and you've been on it for 12 years already. Uh, it seems like mushrooms are, have, have become hip again, which is interesting because they don't really are being juiced, and juicing is, is absolutely hip. But I feel the varieties that you see, of course, beyond Portobello and the, the classic ones that we know of, are really available in, in many more retail stores than I've ever seen, from shiitake and maitake and oyster mushrooms and maybe even a lion's mane. And what else do you do you see is happening with mushrooms? Well, the thing now is that there's um, a lot of people who like um, more uh, different types of mushrooms because you have, like you said, you have our basics, the white, the browns, but uh, there's new ones, not really new, I would say. People are more interested now in, like, different varieties called trumpets, um, namikos. There's the brown variety. Some people call it the brown beach or the buna shimeji. There's also the alba, which is the white beach, or um, the bunapi, and there's also, like, velvet piapini. And these are now available at the regular grocery stores, where previously you probably would have to go to a farmer's market to find Wow. So you yeah, just heard you categorize mushrooms generally into into white and brown. Is that mm -hmm. the common way to do it? Well, it's common because that's what more, mostly people see at the store level. It's what you see, you buy mushrooms, either you buy a white mushroom or you buy a cremini, which is the brown mushroom. And do they behave differently? Is there a difference in like storage or what do you, what do you see? Well, the brown mushroom holds better. Um, the white mushroom tends to To discolorate and bruise easier and so a lot of times when people are buying things they look at a white mushroom and they, they look at appearances uh -huh. so with the white mushroom once you see it turning brown because of it could be because of age or because of handling people tend not to want it however community because it's already brown it's already the darker color you don't really see the defects as much on a brown mushroom I know your mushroom cooler at Earl's is exact to a tenth or a couple tenths of a degree. Uh, when I had a tour at Earl's Organic, 
it was fascinating to know how particular mushrooms are, maybe more so than many, many other produce items. When you take them home from the store, how do you best store different mushrooms uh, at home? Or does it not make a difference much anymore because they have already left your cooler and have been displayed at a retail store? How important is that for mushroom storage? Well, it's always important to keep the cold, uh, cold chain on anything. And so with the mushrooms, if however way you bought the mushrooms, uh, you should leave it in the original packaging. So a lot of times you'll find mushrooms in tills, and so you keep it in the till with the plastic wrap. You can just leave it there. I wouldn't suggest you put it into the drawer or the crisper because you don't want humidity to, because what happens is it'll just uh, get slimy. Mm-hmm. And so if you like, let's say if you buy a bulk mushroom, you just keep it in the paper bag or if you keep it in the plastic bag, you can open it up, but don't seal it tight. You don't want to let it breathe. And so with when you buy it in a till, the plastic wrap is already breathable. So you can just put it as is, and I would just put it on the shelf in your refrigerator. Usually you keep mushrooms between, I'd say, 34 degrees to 36 degrees. So the crisper is the, the best place? Um, I... For myself, I actually do not keep in the crisper. I just keep it on the shelf, uh-huh. on any of the shelves in the refrigerator, just because the crisper is you just gather humidity. In oh, there, gotcha. And that's Th- what that you was not yeah. one. Perfect. And when you buy them already wrapped, not as loose, but as a in a, in a little clamshell or something, do you poke holes into the plastic wrapper, or do they usually ha- don't have enough moisture to be an issue? what they do is they already have holes in there, but a lot of times right now with the new technology, a lot of the plastic wrap that we see is actually, um, they already have little holes in there that you can't see, and it's a breathable plastic. Oh, wow. So that it lets out air, and um, it can let out air and moisture as well, and so it, it would be best to keep it in the original packaging until use. Oh, cool. What's your favorite, we're almost out of time, but I do want to hear, of course, you being a mushroom buyer for 12 plus years, what's your what's your favorite variety and why, and what do you do with them? Uh, my favorite right now is the trumpets. Uh, I love them because they're very versatile. You can uh, stir fry it, you can grill it, uh, you can just cut it up and put it in soups if you wanted to, and it just takes on the flavor of um, whatever uh, liquid or sauce or seasoning that you um, cook it in. When we talk about storage and and use, do you differentiate between lion's mane, shiitake, oyster mushrooms? Do do all mushrooms basically behave the same way, both in storage as well as how you would prepare them or cook them? Um, well, there are some mushrooms that are more fragile than others. Lion's mane is one of those that are more fragile. Um, those are ones where once you buy it, you should probably use it within a few days. Um, the portabellas, the criminis, and the whites are more hardier mushrooms that so they tend to hold better. And so one of, a lot of the um, variety, varietal ones um, tend to, um, uh, I would say, they uh, tend to go bad quicker. Uh-huh. So um, I would uh, pay more attention to those. You don't want to keep them right next to where the airflow comes out too chill. Right. How do you know if a mushroom is no longer good? Can you smell it or do you go by oh, appearance? Oh, you can definitely smell it. <laughs> it, it does get off, give off a, um, a very pungent smell. Also, if um, once they get very slimy, um, I would say you should toss them. Uh-huh. So if you see moisture and or smell, kind of an, an unpleasant smell, not the earthy mushroom smell, no, but not the earthy, yeah, yeah. It's, a different, it's a different smell. <laughs> yeah, and you would always cook mushrooms, right? That's the golden rule. 
That is the golden rule. However, I know that with white mushrooms, some people do eat them raw. Um, but uh, for me, I would uh, cook them, especially a, a lot of the, especially the varietal ones, the, the, not the um, not the cruminis or, or the whites, but definitely like the um, trumpets, nabucos, the browns, albas. Those you would definitely need to cook. Wonderful. Great. Mushroom season, and they are so good for you. They boost your immune system, packed with nutrients and minerals, of course. Uh, as a as a buyer, do you eat mushrooms at a at a regular rate, or do you at this point because you deal with them every day, you kind of stay away from them culinarily speaking? Actually, I, I love mushrooms, so <laughs> I don't mind eating them every day. <laughs> Wonderful! Thank you so much for that update. Mushroom is where it's at, and that's Jackie Grindle, the mushroom buyer for Earl's Organic. Thank you. Hogan. Thank you. Pleasure to have you. Take care. Wow, that was a packed hour. What's in season? The update from the produce doc from Earl Herrick. Again, that's earlsorganic.com, the website for all kinds of produce tips and photos and varieties and recipes. Amazing resource, earlsorganic.com. And also hooked on sweet beating sugar addiction now, our main focus in this hour with Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum, the author of 10 books, and internist and director of Practitioners Alliance Network, Vitality 101, his website. Happy holidays to all of you wonderful listeners. I'm Helge Helberg. This is An Organic Conversation, and we'll be back with another episode soon. Take good care. that was this week's edition of An Organic Conversation. Thank you so much for listening. A big thank you also to our associate producer, Kristen Ponger. An Organic Conversation is made possible through listeners like you and the fantastic support of our underwriters. Equal Exchange, a worker-owned cooperative that ensures your food is environmentally sound and socially just. Equal Exchange has been creating big change for small farmers for over 30 years by offering certified organic and fair trade coffee, tea, chocolate, bananas, and avocados. More on Equal Exchange at equalexchange.coop. And Utterly, offering beautiful and fun clothing for boys and girls that is made entirely from the unused fabric of prominent apparel manufacturers. Every garment reduces our eco-footprint by preventing this fabric from reaching the waste stream. Utterly, making sustainability fashionable and fashion sustainable. For more information, utterly.co. Also, Earl's Organic Produce, a national distributor providing certified organic fruits and vegetables for your store, home, or business. Are you a chef? have a catering business, or planning a party, or simply just love organic produce, anyone can buy directly from Earl's Organic at wholesale prices. The website is earlsorganic.com. And Fry Vineyards, America's first certified organic winery, producing organic and certified biodynamic wine without synthetic sulfites or other preservatives family-owned and operated since 1980. 
Fry Vineyards, Mendocino County award-winning wines. For more information, frywine.com. That's F-R-E-Y-W-I-N-E dot com. Lastly, thank you as well to Bowman College, focused on holistic nutrition and culinary arts for over 20 years. Bowman College offers professional training programs that prepare individuals for careers as nutrition consultants and natural chefs. Their website is bowmancollege.org. That's B-A-U-M-A-N college.org. If you missed parts of this show or for any other episode, go to anorganicconversation.com or subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play so you'll never miss an episode. And for more information, health tips, recipes, and your daily dose of inspiration, find us on Facebook and Instagram at AnOrganicConversation and on Twitter at TalkOrganic. I'm Helge Helberg, and we'll be back with another great episode right here, same place, same time, next week. See you then. Thank you.